What's going on, guys? This is Jacob Simpson, host of I Believe TV. Welcome back to a brand new episode. And oh my goodness, that was another long break that was really unintended. I I apologize for that. It has been a very wild month for me. But how about we get right back into it? Today, I have the one and only Cody Carlon from the Idaho FFA Association. She is a former state officer candidate, and she is currently attending the University of Idaho. Cody, would you please introduce yourself to the viewers and guests? Yeah, so my name is Cody Carlin. I am from the American Falls FFA chapter in Idaho, and again, currently attending the University of Idaho, double majoring in agricultural education and animal science production, and I also have a minor in ag business. Okay, okay, so double majoring and mine, that's crazy. I actually have um, the plan to double major at Oklahoma State, too, so that, that's that's awesome. Um, so... How about we get right into it? I am super excited for this. Um, are you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. All righty. So first things first, what got you to join the FFA? <clears throat> so um, I guess growing up around agriculture, I was very involved in 4-H growing up, um, showed livestock. Uh, my mom, my aunts, my uncle, they were all you know, active in FFA when they were in high school. So being able to see photos of them in FFA was something that I grew up looking forward to. So I knew the minute that I <clears throat> stepped foot um, in my high school, that that was something that I wanted to do. I made sure I was registered for an ag class and just kind of wanted to, you know, continue, I guess, that tradition of being a part of such an amazing organization. Okay. So how far does FFA run in your family? I've heard a uh... Some, I guess, have grandparents uh, be in their uh, local FFA chapters. You know, I want to say that my grandparents were members, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So probably just my parents and my aunts. But That's yeah, so I mean, it's been like, I know my grandparents were strong supporters of the program. So, I mean, that there's that, I guess we could say. I mean, that's still pretty neat to have, uh, you know, somebody before you in your family still uh, participate in the FFA. Uh, yeah. My my brother, um, he is 15 years older than me. He was the first person in my family to join the FFA. And then um, he kind of got me into this gig my eighth grade year. And, you know, I just fell in love with it ever since. And I could not thank him anymore for that. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm thankful for having that, you know, or having these people to look up to and seeing the experiences and how their involvement have impacted them and helped them be successful in their future. And knowing that if I put in the same effort that I could potentially have the same or similar impacts to benefit me in the long run. That's what I say about my ag teacher. You know, he um, he's, he's kind of like my second dad in a sense. Um, you know, I'm always going to him. He's always going to me. Um, he is my role model, um, here in high school. And I just, I just can't wait to follow in his footsteps. He's the reason why I want to, uh, major in, uh, agricultural education and then double major with, um, ag -com. So I, I'm super excited to just tackle the world because of him. He, um, he is the reason why I've gone so far, um, in my FFA career. Yeah, no, I guess uh, on that, I do attribute a lot to my ag teachers um, from American Falls and 
you know, again, they're the reasons that I'm up here pursuing a degree in ag ed. So um, I definitely, definitely connect with you on that. So what made you choose to stay in the FFA? You know, um, this is a little bit of a personal question because like there, so I started my high school career in Washington and, um, you know, there, there were some times that I felt very pressured and felt like I, I should quit because it was very, you know, stressful and overstimulating. And I just, you know, being in you know, my, my start of high school was COVID, right? My freshman year, we shut down in March and then stayed pretty shut down in, um, through my sophomore year, I just felt like I wasn't getting the experience that I wanted um, or, you know, the experience like my mom had. And it just, I, I did, I was to a point where I wanted to quit and didn't feel like I was getting what I needed out of it. And then an opportunity opened up for me to move in with my aunt and uncle on their farm and ranch. <clears throat> and um, I ran with it. And like, I knew that the FFA chapter down there was pretty active and they were, you know, they, they were doing things. They were, you know, Idaho was a lot more open than Washington at the time. So they were able to do events. They were able to compete and all of that. So I knew that I wanted to, to get involved again, because I mean, again, I'm very passionate about agriculture and advocating for the 2% that feeds the 100%. And so, you know, I think that kind of helped me stay in it, but in the end, I think moving and getting a different perspective um, of agriculture and finding where I feel like I truly belong in ag, which is more of the production side of things, really helped me want to stay stay in it, stay advocating for the industry, stay involved. But also just my ag teachers, they are my biggest support system. Even now in college, I still call them with questions or call to pick their brain or just even chit chat with them. And so they definitely kept me going. And I mean, there were definitely times after I'd moved to American Falls that I wanted to quit and be done and um, just, you know, throw in the towel, but they kept me going and, you know, kept me pushing forward. And um, I think, I guess those are all the reasons why I stayed in. That's beautiful. Um, Very recently at, yeah, November, um, something just happened at uh, Indianapolis that I could not control. Um, it broke me in half and I just, I just wanted to quit everything. I wanted to give up my spot as president of my chapter. I wanted to hang up my blue jacket for the last time, quit student council, national honor society. Um, I was heavily thinking about quitting this podcast, um, but my ag teacher, he said, I have two choices. I can either um, go along with that plan or I can try again with something better. And so it took me a little bit to fully understand what he meant by that. He didn't give me any um, explanation behind the second choice, but told me I have to figure that out by myself. And so after a long um, period of time, just thinking and thinking and thinking, I said, I got to get myself back to where I was. Um, And now, you know, I kind of regret saying those words of, hey, I'm going to quit because I never realized, you know, how much of an impact um, this organization has made on me and the impact I've made on others. Um, I've had 
countless people come to me, hey, we miss your voice on Spotify, or hey, we need you back uh, here, you know, just to help us out. We need you uh, to participate because we're low on numbers. We need you this and that. Uh, I guess the more I heard, we need you, that made me feel, you know, kind of important. Um, I never really saw myself as uh, somebody who needs this or that, but somebody who is needed. Um, I never really thought of that much until uh, I got to put my blue jacket back on um, in December for uh, the bell ringing opportunities. And I, I just want to thank my ag teacher um, for parenting me in a sense. You know, he he would bring me off into his office and say, OK, I want to play the role of dad here. Uh we need you back. And I guess that that's what really helped me. Um, but yeah, I feel you, you know, there's, there's days you just want to quit. There's days that you just want to end it all. There's just days that you just, you just need a breather. But at the end of the day, uh, we got to look back and see, wow, we've really done all this. I guess you could say that, um, I really took for granted what I have built in my life. I didn't really grow up um, you know, in a nice fancy house or in the big city where all the money, you know, I had to work for everything. I, I was, I was just about to throw it all away. Um, but my ag teacher, he, um, he, he basically fathered me into saying, no, you got to continue. You've done all this work and you got to finish it the right way. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that and kind of being in that position and, you know, just having my ag teacher's push me and, you know, wanting to, wanting to quit, I guess, like my most notable, you know, or fondest memory of that was when we were competing for uh, the floriculture CDE nationally, I was kind of ready to throw in the towel on that event shortly after state. And my teacher was like, I can't lose you. Like, you know, you, you need to stick it out. You need to do it. And I mean, it's probably one of my biggest accomplishments as we went on to, you know, win nationals that year and place, I placed second individually. So, um, just thinking about some of the things that I wouldn't have experienced had I thrown it in or thrown in the towel. I just, yeah, I feel that. So what's your favorite part of the FFA? You know, I think my favorite part of the FFA is just how how much it has to offer and how, I guess, truly diverse the organization is. It's, um, I mean, being on both sides of what the organization has to offer, I guess you consider or could consider myself to have, I guess, a somewhat traditional ag background. Um, I grew up showing livestock. I lived in a urban or suburban area for a majority of my life. And then I spent the last two, two years living on a farm and ranch and getting to experience production ag in full swing. And it's something that I strongly believe is that everybody has a place in the blue jacket, whether or not they, they realize it or not. And it's just, for me, it's, it's truly amazing just to see all of the opportunities that the FFA has to offer for everyone, even if you're not interested in a career in agriculture. I mean, there's plenty of kids from my home chapter that want to go into the medical field, but the skills that they've gained from competing and being a part of 
the chapter and holding leadership positions are going to carry them so far into life. And it's just for, it's just truly amazing to get to witness and see, see it all. And um, I think something I truly admire about the organization that we still have our roots in production, but we're able to offer something for everyone. I, I totally agree with you right there. You know, the FFA has probably the most um, amount of opportunities that any organization for us youth uh, can provide, you know. Um, not going to lie, I didn't know what the FFA was until um, I moved here to Dewey. I had no idea uh, what exactly agriculture was besides the fact, hey, it is a term used for farming. I didn't know anything um that had to do with a blue corduroy jacket or um what a simple name on a jacket meant you know now that i look back on it i'm like man i have had great adventures wearing this blue jacket and i've been here i've been there i've been everywhere i've spoke to so many great people i've had probably the greatest time of my life wearing something that has the yellow emblem either on my back or on my uh on my breast it is the thing to do for us kids i i I wish that the ffa was a required um thing to do in high school but again um agriculture isn't for everybody um i've learned that through a lot of friendships um agriculture it just doesn't fit everybody which i understand you know people don't like getting their hands dirty um and sometimes us little rednecks just want to get our hands dirty uh which i can appreciate but um you know sharing stories like this on i believe tv um it has opened up new doors to so many people um esther van overbeck she is such a sweet girl. She lives in Nebraska right now. She's fr- she's originally from uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, but um, she came to me asking, hey, how do I start a podcast? And, you know, I guided her through the steps and what she uh, needs to do to start her own. And here she is being just a- as successful as I am. Um, there's another kid from Florida who's been doing the same thing. And um, I'm just so happy that I was able to provide um, another opportunity to students who were looking up at me, you know, Titus Montgomery, um, he is the host of brag on ag. He is who I looked up to, uh, when I first started this podcast, he is the main man behind everything. Um, Jocelyn James, she's one of our good friends here in Oklahoma. She has her own podcast, probably way bigger than I, um, than I believe TV. And I want to give her props because her podcast is amazing. I suggest you listen to that. Um, not even just podcasts, you know, I just, I love it when I see my best friend, Izzy Lewis, she's a, she's a two-time Oklahoma Youth Expo, uh, goat showmanship champion. Uh, she has spent probably close to a hundred thousand dollars just on goats alone in her lifetime. She's been showing goats since she was little. She was, she's in 4-H and, um, all this and that. She has been a role model to me. You know, she's given me the opportunity to show goats with her. Um, you know, it's I could go on and on about the different opportunities the FFA has to offer, but um, probably the biggest one I can say is the FFA has, can give you the greatest friendships 
on the uh, face of the planet. I could not be any more grateful than um, to meet those people who have been behind me every step of the way. Oh, hands down, I can agree on those friendships that I've made. Uh, <clears throat> summer 22, I had the opportunity to attend the Washington Leadership Conference, and the friendships that I made from that, you know, with the people in my community group and uh, the people that are that I shared a room with, like they are probably some of my closest friends that I, or I consider some of them my closest friends now. And it's just truly amazing the connections that you can, you can make. Uh, I mean, the FFA has brought me closer to some of the kids that I, I go to school with too. And, you know, there's people there that I'm like, I never would have been friends with them had it not been for FFA and extremely, extremely grateful for, these friendships and these connections and the opportunities that, you know, FFAs had had to offer for me. And, you know, I attribute a lot to this organization and I would not be the person I am today without it. I mean, I wouldn't be able to, you know, talk to people the way that I do or, you know, put myself out there and um, be as social as as I am now, if it wasn't for this organization, but definitely the friends that I've made at the chapter state and national level, like those friendships don't compare to anything else. <laughs> the, uh, the craziest experience I've had with making friendships in the FFA is last summer. Um, it was closer to the time of the uh, Oahu fires. Um, I was I was getting kind of close with the uh, Hawaii state officers, and I'm like, you know what's crazy? I am somebody from small town Oklahoma talking to somebody 5,000 miles away in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and I'm like, they're wearing the same blue jacket as I am, and I'm I'm just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, uh craziest relationship that I have it I mean started over an Instagram message during my state convention it was from Morgan you know Nevada's state president this year yes she she texted me and she was like your your caption for one of your pictures says Mr. Kindle she's like do you have a Mr. Kindle too and I'm like yeah and so lo and behold like our ag teachers were cousins and so that just kind of kick-started that off and then we talked a lot and I had the opportunity to meet her at national convention this year. And I mean, it's crazy how small things like that can kickstart a friendship of a lifetime. So what's funny is um, Morgan was telling me that story yeah. and she sent me a picture of you guys. But what's even crazier is that I was in the background of that picture. Yes, she she mentioned that when she told or reached out and said that I should come on your or that she'd sent you my information to do the podcast. So that was I mean, it honestly just goes to show how small of the world, you know, or how small of a world it is, but how small the FFA world truly is and the connections. And, you know, everybody knows somebody that, you know, I feel like so just it's so crazy. Connections matter. Networking will uh take you farther than you know um what <laughs> my uh my uncle is really funny last year he was like i have no idea what this grass is and i'm like i know somebody who will uh answer that question i go to my buddy titus the grass man hey do you know what this is 
He's like, oh, yeah, that's a mustard plant. I'm like, how did you look at, like, how do you know just by looking at it? I just know. And then uh, another one, I, I could go on and on about uh, the stupid stuff I've been asked. I'm like, I know somebody who will tell me. I know somebody who will tell me. Net- networking has been my best friend in the FFA. Oh, yes, for sure. That's the one thing that we go. Any FFA trip, um, my advisor, Mr. Vadia, he's always sending us a sticker and captioning it networking and I mean, that's exactly what we go and do is we network, we make friends, we just put ourselves out there. So this question, nobody likes. Um, Grant Norfleet, the uh, National FFA Secretary, funnily enough, um, refused to answer this question, but he is the only person who has refused to answer it. So I'm going to ask you this. What is your least favorite thing about the FFA? Oh, um, honestly, I don't know if there's something that I like anything about it that I don't like. It's, I mean, looking at the chapter that I come from and how diverse and how inclusive we are to everyone and how the organization has been progressing to be an inclusive environment and, you know, trying to just create that space for everybody and provide like providing those opportunities for everyone i honestly there's there's nothing about this organization that i have negatively to say that's fair that's fair um some very funny ones i've heard was you know the mustache rule or you can't wear boots (laughs) um or you know you just get really hot from uh, your ffa jacket or your pants i've heard those silly things um, nothing too extraordinary though. I forgot like some of the funnier ones, but I, I have to look back on those. Um, I never listen to my own podcast, which is <laughs> weird to people, but, um, I just don't like hearing my own voice. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about the FFA besides like, I don't like to shave my face. Um, <laughs> unless I have a very good reason to. That's fair. If you could change one thing about the FFA or agriculture in general, what would it be? I'm going to go more towards the agriculture in general. It just, I mean, for me, it's, it's advocating for the industry and using, um, using everything that we have to our advantage. And um, I know social media is one of agriculture's biggest challenges because there's a lot of perceptions that, about agriculture that spreads so quickly on on the media because, I mean, I can access any information at the tip of my thumbs whenever I want, at any time, any hour of the day. And it's, I feel like as agriculturalists, we don't take advantage of that. And it's, we need to do a better job of advocating for, for our industry and advocating for what we do and just sharing the things that we do on a daily basis. And I guess, I mean, I love, I love to post on my Snapchat story. And I mean, I, I love to give people a glimpse into what I'm doing as an agriculturalist and showing the things and the struggles that I, you know, I go through because I think one of our biggest downside is not showcasing that those struggles or those, you know, both the joys and discomforts of agricultural life that we face. And um, doing, making, making sure that we're, we're showing it all and showing, 
you know, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Like, I think one of the hardest things that I've gone through as an agriculturalist is the loss of a calf. I mean, I have my own herd of cattle. It's very small. I mean, two head. <laughs> I don't know if you can really consider that a herd, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I help run or help take care of my family's operation. And this year, like it was a hard year on calves, not just for us, but for everybody. And unfortunately I got the hit of it. I lost one of my calves. And so, um, but I didn't let that deter me and, you know, kind of use that to my advantage to showcase, Hey, we struggle too. We, you know, this is what's going on. And, um, just, just sharing that. And that's actually one of the things like when I ran for state office in one of my interviews was, you know, people are seeing that. And one of the NOMCOM members was like, I really like what you're doing and showcasing, you know, agriculture and letting people see that inside view. Don't stop doing that. So, you know, I think that's one of the downfalls that, that we have, um, you know, in agriculture in general is just not taking advantage of, of the opportunities and using the things that are hurting us against that and using that to promote what we're doing. Because just as fast as that false information spreads, we're, we're able to put the accurate and the true facts on the internet and make sure that is getting shared too. And it's just as accessible. And so making sure we're putting that out there and making sure people understand this is exactly what's going on and just helping them be able to tell fact from fiction. So two things. Um, number one, you are not the first person to tell me um, the joys and discomforts of agricultural life. What What's really, uh, that caught my attention because my ag teacher and I were talking earlier um, this past weekend, we had a livestock show, uh, here in Dewey and, um, one of our, uh, kids, her pig died just unexpectedly, you know, just poop blood everywhere. It was like, it was like something was tearing up her stomach and we had no idea what exactly went wrong. Was it an illness? Did she eat something bad? But we got the pig removed and, uh, the poor little girl's mom was asking me, hey, do you think we could do something uh, just to help her out? You know, this is her first year showing and this is a bad way to end the year off. She's not even going to go to the county, um, but she still wants to support her friend who's showing. And I'm like, I'll see what I can do. So I talked to my ag teacher and he's telling me, you know, something that every student needs to, to know is the joys and discomforts of agricultural life even hours of which we do not deny. And when he told me that I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm looking back at last year when Izzy lost her dough and I'm just sitting there holding its head in the back of the truck. And she's just crying on my shoulder. I, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I have not been hit with the elephant yet. Um, and the second thing is, yes, the internet is our main tool. Um, this is what I use. Uh, this is my tool. The internet is my tool to advocate for agriculture. Um, a couple of years ago, I tried to start my own YouTube channel uh, promoting agriculture co called The Farmer. Yeah, pretty generic, right? Um, didn't go far. Only had a couple dozen subscribers, a few hundred views. Um, I did not like the idea. I tried it for two months, hated it, deleted everything off it, and I said, I'll try something new in the future. Um, lo and behold, 
I shared my story with some kids at a livestock, uh, not livestock show, a uh, speech contest last year. Um, and they're like, you need to try out podcasting. And I'm like, I might as well. And I do not regret that. Uh, I do not regret starting this at all. This has been a blessing to me. And I'm hopeful, like, I'm hoping this has been a blessing to uh, the FFA too. I have reached so many people um, with just the touch of my finger, you know, publishing the new, the new episode every so often when I can at least. And sharing that next story of what's going on in our lives. How has FFA impacted us? What does agriculture do for us? What is it doing for our future? What can we do to advance it? What can we do even if we're unable to, you know, some of the girls today, I was talking to my English teacher. She was revising my, uh, my speech. And uh, some of the girls were like, you know, I have, I don't have a story in agriculture. And I, I was telling her, did you eat today? Are you wearing clothes right now? Did you drive today? What'd you have for uh, breakfast this morning? And she's like, she just shut her mouth. just cause she's like, she's flabbergasted. I'm like, you participate in agriculture just as much as I do. And just like everybody else in this room. And my, my English teacher is like, oh my gosh, this kid's powerful. <laughs> and she, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at myself and uh, her little mirror that she has on the whiteboard. And I'm like, my gosh, the internet has done so much for me. And I just want to do something great with it too. Yeah, no, I mean, in a world and in a society where technology and the internet is not going away, it's it's definitely a tool that we need to, you know, need to become more more used to and take advantage of of it and, you know, use it to our power. And then honestly, any any opportunity that I'm given to to quote the creed, I'm definitely going to take it because, you know, as an FFA member, or I guess a past F- FFA member at this point. I mean, I I learned the creed as a freshman four years ago, and it's still something that I strongly believe in. And those words are something that I I truly believe in. And, you know, I, I live my life to to a lot of those words. So it was it was greatly written. I will agree on that. It, like, yes. <laughs> scarily accurate. It was almost yes. like he could predict the future. <laughs> yes. No. Where do you see agriculture in the next 10 years? Oh, I mean, again, I think it goes back to technology. It's, you know, I definitely see the advancement of technology, you know, being more prevalent in agriculture, um, but also just the amount of food that's being produced. And um, I mean, I love I, I'm I want to get more involved on the crop science side of things, um, you know, to to gain that knowledge. But at least on the beef beef side, it's, you know, advancing our genetics to get higher yields um, on those carcasses to produce higher meat quantities to, you know, become more efficient when when breeding, because there's only the population's only continuing to grow. So, I mean, we need to be able to feed more people um, you know, in the next 10 years and then the next 10 years after that. So it's just that, that advancement of technology is going to be crucial, um, in our, you know, as we continue forward as agriculturalists and, um, work towards, you know, feeding the growing population. 
something that I'm hoping for is that um, our government will realize, hey, we need to slow down on urbanization and allow uh, more room for farmland, uh, more room for our ranchers to, you know, grow crops or um, make new feedlots, new pastures. Um, Our land is there to stay and we can do whatever we want, but we also got to be wise with what we want to do with that land. You know, say you want to build a new house. How big is the house going to be? Um, what is the area going to have? Is it going to be having like a new pool? Is it going to have a garage, a barn uh, with all your tools and your shed? Um, are you going to, you know, be growing like small plants like tomatoes or uh, potatoes or you know, something like that. What are you going to do with your land? You got to think more on a bigger scale when it comes to your people. You got to think of what is going to benefit my people and not just me. Um, And I feel like that's kind of what people in politics don't really understand uh, to an extent. Now, I'm not saying all politicians are like that. What I'm saying is um, maybe educate them a little bit better to where, hey, us here in the 2% are needing this so we can do that, not just for us, but for you too. Maybe, yeah. if they, maybe if they see, hey, we're making a mistake, hopefully in the future they're going to be, oh my gosh, we should have listened to them. Because I, yeah. I, can, I can seriously see, um, you know, the continent of Africa, I feel like they're going to soon receive, hey, um, we're going to have the best farming techniques on the planet because, you know, they have rather large farms uh, for their rather large population. Um, And the majority of their GDP is from farming, um, such as Nigeria and uh, South Africa, one other countries is over there. Uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo, their main exports is produce and mining. Um, I just love how uh, our government should, you know, not just influence them, but maybe we should be influenced by them. No, for sure. And I guess I feel very fortunate to live in the state of Idaho where we've got such great support in in that area. And, you know, I've I've gotten to testify against or to the state Senate about um you know, the restricted driver's license um, bill that was going through the transportation committee um, and our state legislator last February, March-ish timeframe. And I got to do that as a part of, you know, with fellow members of my chapter. But um, I mean, how explaining how a bill like that being passed would benefit the, the agricultural industry and it's just, I agree on a lot of that. And I feel very fortunate to live in an area where it's, we have those connections and we have that support on that side of things. And even now it's, you know, being a member of the Idaho Cattle Association and the the grazing bill or the, um, the there's a recent bill on the, the rangelands that's going through and it's an effort to source funding for rangeland improvement projects and just seeing seeing things like that and you know witnessing that and seeing the 
efforts to improve ag in the state. It's just, I feel very fortunate. I love that. I really do. I love uh, hearing good things coming from our, uh, our state and federal uh, systems. I, I just love that so much. Um, what was your original plan for after high school? Um, I guess it depends on how far back you wanted to go. I mean, before I was in FFA, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And then it kind of was, okay, well, maybe ag engineering would be more up my route. I love math. I love to learn. I love to challenge myself. I love um, doing things hands-on. And then I kind of realized that um, being an ag teacher may be, be more of the route for me um, as I progress through through high school. And, you know, I've talked to my ag teachers, all three of my ag teachers, plenty about their roles as an ag teacher. And it's plenty of hands-on, plenty of, you know, you never know what you're going to expect as an ag teacher. No two days are the same. Um, No two years are you probably going to teach exactly the same, the same courses. I mean, at least at my high school, the wants and the needs of the students in our CTE and our ag department are constantly changing and, you know, each year a different amount of courses are, are added to, to meet those needs. So it's, it's truly the, the unexpected and that's something that I love and I enjoy. Um, I, you know, I, I would love to be an ag teacher, but if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, currently my backup plan would to be get into beef production. I would love to go work on a feedlot. I mean, there's plenty of jobs feeding cattle um, and get that experience of, of the beef industry or, you know, find my way into working for a seed stock company and get into more of the beef genetics and just, just see a different aspect of the industry that I didn't grow up with and haven't been exposed to firsthand and, you know, just be able to, to get involved and then continue to advocate because I mean, I think in the end, the one consistent goal and one consistent thing that I see myself doing um, after high school and after college is advocating for the industry, regardless of what job title I hold. Have you thought about maybe um, moving for such jobs? Um, I know some people um, who are wanting to do beef production or um agricultural law or stuff behind like the scenes of that move uh to like texas or oklahoma arkansas uh, maybe even california um i know people go far and wide to just uh, pursue careers in that um i know more commonly that people who want to be ag teachers they will stay in their home states um i know several people who have um, graduated from Oklahoma State or Connors or um, Redlands, they will become ag teachers and stay in their home state and very rarely will they move out. Um, I don't know what the situation is in Idaho, but here in Oklahoma, Texas, um, we have um, a shortage of ag teachers. Um, I know some ag teachers are moving um, to bigger schools simply because of money and that some smaller schools are having to live off of, Hey, we just need somebody who knows this stuff. Yeah. I mean, for myself, it's just kind of, I think wherever, wherever life's going to take, 
me. My my roots are in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, my family is from Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and I would love to stay stay up this way. Um, you know, even teach in Montana or Wyoming, um, or even Nevada. But honestly, it's it's wherever wherever life takes me, and wherever you know whatever the plan is. And I would love love to adventure somewhere out. But I mean, for me, the Idaho, knowing the association in Idaho and knowing uh, a lot of the ag teachers here already from competing in contests and getting to just mingle with them, you know, through my ag teachers, it's, I feel like I have a strong, you know, networking or have that networking and connection here in the association already. And I'm only a freshman in college and I still have a good while before I'm student teaching, but, um, you know, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd love to stay close to home, but you know, if something's calling me out out east, then I mean, I'm gonna take the opportunity. I'm I'm never never afraid to turn down an opportunity and at least give it a shot because worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. I always got a backup plan. Amen. So I want to know about your SAEs, your CDEs, and your LDEs. For those who don't know, an SAE is a supervised agricultural experience, a CDE is a career development event, and an LDE is a leadership development event. I'll, I'll start with my SAE because that'll be pretty short um, as I was very involved with contests uh, throughout my FFA career. But um, short and sweet, my SAE involved my market steers that I showed at the local county fair, did that for three years. Um, after my first year of showing steers, um, that summer I worked for my uncle and I was able to completely pay off my steer and the feed and everything and ended up having, you know, a good, good amount from my check left over and instantly wanted to invest that into uh, a breeding operation and getting my start with expanding my hand in the beef industry. So bought a registered Hereford cow and then a Maine Anjou Angus Cross heifer and just went from there. Um, I also worked for my aunt and uncle on their farm and ranch in American Falls and helped with, oh, everything. I helped hay. I helped plant wheat one year. I've helped till fields. I've helped with potato harvest. I, um, you know, calving, branding, I mean, a little bit of everything. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I had through my SAE. They've definitely helped me build career or life skills that are going to be benefit me throughout my career and life um, way, way down the line. And, you know, having, having that has provided me or having Sparking that interest in in those areas has opened up doors for me, you know, summer opportunities, summer internships for for the coming year. Um, as for CDEs and LDEs, oh, this is a list. I competed in everything that I I possibly could. I've done food science, I've done prepared, I've done um, agricultural communications, uh, livestock evaluation, potato judging. Um, the list goes on. I think most notably, uh, my top three have been soils evaluation, or I guess, I mean, we call it or soil judging, um, but 
land evaluation, and then parliamentary procedure and the floral design, uh, all three of which had the opportunity to compete nationally in, and then with parliamentary procedure and floral culture um, was a national finalist with both of them. So uh, extremely grateful for the opportunities that I had competing um, with CDEs and LDEs. Um, I mean, a little bit in that line, had the opportunity to work heavily on our national chapter application this last year and had the opportunity as we placed a top 10 model of excellence and then continued on to top three, um, you know, working on that and getting to compete with that as well. And I think that's something that people, you know, don't realize uh, falls into that competition category, but it does. And it's one of the only awards that recognizes the entire chapter. So being able to get to be a part of that team that put that together and getting to just represent my chapter and all the amazing things that we get to do, um, you know, it really put things into perspective for me. So I am not that well-rounded as you are. I will say that um, pretty confidently because um, I am rather busy with so much other than FFA. Um, that's crazy. I would I would not have thought of having such a list like that. Now, it would be cool to have a list like that, but simply because of money and time and a job and so much other stuff in my life, I wish I can only wish to do that. Um, however, I am not boring. I have my fair share of SAEs and CDEs too. Um, so I have three SAEs currently uh, in progress right now. I have, of course, this podcast, which is probably my most successful um, SAE. Uh, my second one is goat production. Fancy saying of, hey, I show goats. Um, am I good at it? No, but it's, it's, it's fun. I love it. Uh, I got a cute little weathered boar um, at the ag farm right now. Um, today, he was making me run so fast. I could not catch up to him. I, that's how I exercise him. Um, and my third one is metal um production i just uh cut metal signs out on a cnc table um with a laser and computer and it's really interesting how it all works with the air intake and the gas and um the uh anti-rust agents inside the table itself and all this and i just love it um i've made quite a bit of money off that um my most recent project off that was an oklahoma state sign that said, uh, eternal bedlam champs go pokes. And I just had to rub it in the Sooners faces. Um, but nobody wanted to buy that. So I had to give it away for free, but, um, it's whatever. Sometimes you get, you got to take your losses. Now my CDEs and LDEs, I am not well rounded out. Um, I am of course participating in prepared public speaking. I might try out, um, the uh, extemporaneous, I am not sure yet, but I am down to try it out. Um, I did try out the um, the skeet shooting and uh, sporting clays. I could not handle that. Uh, my ears were, you know, ringing almost every day. I could not handle the noise. Um, it was just too loud for me. Um, you know, as much as I practice, I could not hit a single clay, no matter what. I was not the best. 
I will, uh, I will be, you know, I will admit that I'm not the best uh, shotgun shooter. Now with a pistol, I can hit pretty well, but um, a this is a shotgun sport, so no. Um, livestock judging, where I'm getting into that. Um, went to some workshops, got some uh, competitions lined up, uh, and of course, vet science. I participate in vet science. Um, I love, you know, knowing the breeds of animals, the instruments used. Uh, the medicines, the diseases. I love learning um, how to take care of my animal simply by knowing what to do in situations like situations such as um, a broken leg or why is it coughing? Why is it uh, pooping this and that? You know, it's things like that just to help my animal and whoever else's animal is in need. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my gist in the FFA. I'm not too rounded out, but uh, rounded out enough for where I'm at. Yeah, I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity to to try anything in every contest that I, you know, I wanted to, I guess, you know, to throw in there too. I had the opportunity to last minute be on the AgMEC team and then competed at state last year in agronomy. And it's, I'm very fortunate for the chapter that I come from and the support that we get from our school's administration and um, you know, both our principal and our school board and all of that, because without it, we wouldn't have that support and I wouldn't be able to to do an experiment and try everything at least once. And so, you know, and it, I think that's the same for a lot of the other students is if they didn't have, if we didn't have the support that we have from our administration, you know, they wouldn't be able to go and compete in these contests and have have the opportunities to try something new and put themselves out there. And so extremely grateful for that and to be, you know, to to dip my toes in a little bit of everything and, you know, very, very thankful and very fortunate for it. While we're on the topic, I like to say to everybody, if you don't feel like you want to do it, I'm not saying you don't have to, but I'm going to say you should at least try it once. Um, I didn't think that I would enjoy uh, shotgun sports. I didn't think I would. Um, I didn't think I would enjoy livestock judging. I didn't know I would enjoy showing livestock itself. Um, but you just got to try to see if you like it or not. You know, you don't have to stick to it. I'm not saying you have to. But as long as you try, you're you're already doing half the battle. So you might as well. Exactly. And, always, and if you get the opportunity, take that opportunity. It could be something that impacts you for the long run or simply just a learning lesson. Exactly. No, I I think about that all the time. And I went into my FFA experience knowing that I wanted to show livestock and I wanted to do livestock eval. And it, it took a little, I mean, I didn't get to do that right off the bat. I actually ended up starting in, you know, my first CDE was creed speaking and floriculture. And, um, you know, the creed was something that I always knew I wanted to do. Um, my aunts and my mom and my uncle, they all did it. So, you know, that's something that I wanted to do, went into that. But never in a million years would I thought I would have done the floriculture contest and, you know, lo and behold, four years later, I mean, three, four years of hard work was able to go to nationals and place fairly well. And I guess the same for parley, like didn't think that I'd ever do parley and then got a position on the officer team my freshman year in Washington and 
was like, oh, parliamentary procedure might be a fun contest to do, learn, learn some of these things and try it out. And then when I moved to American Falls, that was one of our ag teachers' favorite contests. And, you know, they needed a chairman and jumped right in and tried it and, you know, ended up on the finals hall and never, never would have thought that I would have done, done those contests and been more devoted to those contests than livestock judging like that was I grew up that's exactly what I wanted to do I knew exactly what I wanted to do I hate change and just knew what I wanted and <laughs> far far from it was the outcome <laughs> I, I love I love that ending you know I hate change but it happened anyways yeah so some fun questions. I love, uh, I'm a fun person. If you could tell, I love, uh, learning something new about, um, my guests life, what their hometown's like, what their state association's like, what their aspirations in life are. So <clears throat> if you have not known about the chicken war here in the South, um, it is raging and it is fierce. Um, uh, Morgan, she actually interrupted me before I even asked the question and she asked me at first because she knows exactly what I'm going to ask and hopefully you do too so what do you prefer Chick-fil-A or Raising Cane's well I've only been to Raising Cane's once and there's a Chick-fil-A on campus so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna have to lean towards Chick-fil-A um I, I love me some chicken nuggets, but, and that, and the Chick-fil-A sauce, it's, it's something that <laughs> I cannot deny. I love it so much, but, um, definitely, definitely Chick-fil-A. Okay. Okay. So that was actually like very under dramatic as I thought. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love going extravagant on like, oh my gosh, the menu is more, has more variety to it. <laughs> the bread at Chicane's is just so good, but the sauce at Chick-fil-A is so much better. It rounds everything out. Like that, that's me. I love, I love making it dramatic. Um, I feel like so I could get very dramatic in like the debate on in and out and whether that's worth it because my grandma's from California. So whenever we'd go and visit family down there, we'd always get in and out, like know most of the secret menu, like the back of my hand. <laughs> um, if you're not getting it animal style, you're doing it wrong. And, you know, I very strong believer that in and out's got some of the best burgers out there, but I have never had in and out. Well, but, if you ever make your way to the West Coast or they ever make their way east, you definitely have to give it a try. Well, I kind of already promised Morgan that I'd head west for a little bit. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So you said chicken nuggets. You know, I don't know very many people who will eat the chicken nuggets anywhere. Um, so that kind of threw me off and it made me <laughs> think. So if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and order wings, but boneless are those still chicken nuggets? Most people will say will say yes. So then my next question is: If you get boneless ribs, are those pig nuggets? Well, I have to say we kind of <laughs> had this debate at national convention over <laughs> the over the wings because we got a lot of wing stop during nationals this year and. Uh, I'd always get mine boneless, and my ag teacher would be like, those are just glorified chicken nuggets. And I said, yes. no, they're just easier to eat and less messy. And um, 
I still consider them ri- wings uh, as they're coated in a sauce. So I, I think that's a little bit more more to that standard. But uh, Hold up. Wait a minute. Then how can we put chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce? You know, I think those are just like <laughs> if you're gonna like sauce up <laughs> your your chicken nuggets and have them coated, I think those are just like low budget homemade <laughs> because I've done that before, and that is exactly what I thought they were. So, oh man, this um, is, this is great. This is great. <laughs> but I mean, they're just boneless wings like or boneless ribs so uh i don't know i still i i'm probably the wrong person to ask because i think boneless wings are wings so they're they're still ribs <laughs> okay okay you're the first person to be asked about the the pig nuggets i i've never heard of that but i just started thinking of that when you said chicken nuggets <laughs> okay um so you live in idaho right now you're going to yes. the university of idaho which my english teacher graduated from many years ago she's a vandal um so as your time as an idahoan do you ever get placed into the stigma of oh my gosh you're from idaho you grow potatoes actually yes and it's my favorite thing when people ask me if i grow (laughs) potatoes because i come back with yeah i do grow potatoes or my family grows potatoes and it throws everybody off and then i show them pictures (laughs) working harvest where there's thousands of potatoes behind me and they're like oh my god that's a lot of potatoes and i'm like yeah that was probably about halfway through harvest too so uh it's definitely like one of my favorite stigmas to be put into because the shock people you know just the, the shock on their face that somebody's actually met an actual, like, Idaho potato. I mean, I don't consider myself a farmer, <laughs> but, like, met somebody who has been on that side of things and, you know, their family grows potatoes. It's it's amazing. I mean, I remember when I went to WLC and met somebody from Wisconsin, and she was so shocked to meet somebody who, you know, whose family grows potatoes. She's like, I got to go get my ag teachers real quick. They'll never believe it. Like, <laughs> It was great, and I, I truly love it. It's it's my favorite thing. Okay, so you are not the first Idahoan to be on the show. I've had uh, Hallie Duckett and um, Bailey Ricks. They're both from Idaho. Of course, you know Hallie. Yes, uh, I, yes ran yes. for state office with Hallie. She's a doll. I love her. Yes, I've, I almost had Josiah on, on the show. Uh, I'm trying to get him back on, um, but, you know, timing for me was just like really ill um but bailey um around nationals she uh she sent me pictures of uh their uh their barn and there is a huge dump truck dumping thousands of potatoes i'm like are those potatoes or rocks and she goes oh those are potatoes all right those but i've never seen that many potatoes let alone that big of potatoes. I was in shock. And she's showing me a double potato that she uh, harvested. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm in shock. And she like, what, you've never, like, understood the stigma? I'm like, I understood it, but I didn't know it was true. Um, so now that I've heard it in a second, pers- like, <laughs> uh, point of view, now I understand, hey, Idaho is the land of the potatoes. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some people that probably get annoyed with it because, I mean, not everybody <laughs> grows potatoes. And, like, it's even just moving up from southern Idaho to northern Idaho to go to school. It's There's no potatoes up here. It's all dryland wheat farming. And so, like, it's it's a whole whole different field of agriculture up here. But, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely my favorite surprise like <laughs> because nobody believes that they're actually going to meet somebody from idaho who grows potatoes so um but i'll have to send you some pictures of harvest because that's a lot of potatoes and you know you think by the end of the week you'll be done with potatoes but i mean it's nope nope <laughs> they're nope. the best <laughs> that is awesome oh man so th- I have not asked uh, this question as of recent, but it used to be my favorite question because I love to laugh. And I guess um, my friends who are listening to this, they're like, dude, you need to shut up. We don't like your laugh. But I love <laughs> to laugh. I-, I-, I love, you know, just having a good time. So what is your funniest FFA moment? Oh, it's got to be state floral when we competed in 2022. It's not necessarily like me specifically, but it makes me giggle every time I think about it. Um, So one of the girls on our team, she was doing her arrangement and she comes like, this is after the contest and she's explaining it to us. But she's like, we had baby's breath to put in our arrangement. And she's like, I took the stem. I looked at the person next to me. I took a bite out of the baby's breath like chewed it and then stuck the rest of the stem in um, in my arrangement. And so that that makes me giggle too. And then I guess another thing is, uh, <clears throat> oh, so I competed in agricultural communications and that was mostly just a prep for national floral. Our advisor put us on the, it was, it was our state floral team. Our advisor put us on to, you know, prep for, for the contest. Um, we were not prepared to compete for state. We did not use our time wisely in uh, the hotel room to practice. We most definitely, there's a picture of us and it's two of us on the ground. And then the other two are like jumping across the bed and we snapped it right at the right time. So it looks like they're flying over us. And when we showed the first picture to our advisor, he thought it was a live photo. and. <laughs> The reaction on his face to why he couldn't get it to be, like, to play the video of it alive, like, was hilarious. And he was so frustrated, but, like, he was dying laughing. And it was great. It was, you know, that's one of my favorite memories. And then, obviously, when we went to Nationals, we had to recreate that photo every night. So then we put together a little thank you for our advisor for coaching us and putting up with us. with with every picture we did a little bit of a different rendition each night of national convention in 2022 and printed that off and gave it to him as a as a thank you Ooh, so like with each night did y'all have like a different prop yeah so one night we had sunglasses and i have like an ffa wild drag and i took that with me for whatever (laughs) reason and tied it up on my head so I looked like a grandma and then (laughs) one night the people jumping they put their blankets around them so it looked like they had capes um (laughs) the night after we won nationals uh we had our medals and we like bit down on those like you know all the olympians do and did that for a picture and um like 
definitely we tried to do something different each night we captioned them all like it was it was great it was pretty funny um definitely like when we showed our advisor that like we're like oh we have our surprise for you like a little thank you and he's like I don't know if I want to see it and we're like trust me you do and then like (laughs) he ends it with I'll take that in a pdf please (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Something I do every week is I'm the host of our uh, school announcements video, Bulldogger Broadcast. Um, do you know what a bulldogger is? I'm just curious. I mean, if we're talking in terms of rodeo, uh, steel wrestlers, but that's about. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. Okay. I, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So that's our school mascot. Um, for the longest time, I thought Dewey was the only school in America, but apparently <laughs> uh, my wild and crazy history teacher decided to go to Wyoming one one year, and he's like, why is there Bulldoggers everywhere? Nope, sometime Wyoming has the same as, name as us, so that's cool. Um, but anyway, uh, Bulldogger Broadcast, I have a new prop every single week. Um, something silly, I do something um, funny for every video, and I guess that has brought a lot of attention uh, to like what's going on in our school. Um, so for this week's announcements, um, when I was recording last week, I had my official dress on because, hey guys, guess what? It is National FFA Week. So um, I decided, hey, Mr. Epperson, I want to do something cool. Want to be a little surprise for you, and a little bit of a surprise for the rest of us Aggies in the school. So be be prepared. And lo and behold, today they all saw me in my blue FFA jacket. Um, you know, probably wearing it for the National FFA FFA Week, and uh, that that was probably my favorite recording. Um, I've done other things like. Uh, Top Gun, I did a green screen on my TikTok for that. Um, I did a fat Mexican Santa. Um, let's see, Cowboy, I've done Rapper, King, um, even Backwards. I did the uh, announcements backwards and had like googly eyes on the back of my head. Um, I love doing what I do for the school. Um, I guess you could say I have the most school spirit. Um, I absolutely love going to the student section, screaming my head off. I got quite a few funny pictures of that. Um, I love representing uh, the organizations I uh, participate in, especially my job. Um, I work with kids. I am a youth development assistant at the Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, and every day I have my uh, my staff shirt on. You know, my boss, she's like, as long as you represent us well, we don't care if you wear it everywhere, just Make sure you don't get it dirty. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I love having a good time. I love uh, different props for my videos and such. Um, I am such a random person. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I, I, I love randomness. I want to know a little bit about American Falls. but um, so, so I already know a little bit that American Falls is close to a lake. Uh, I used to do a lot of, like, Google Earth uh searching i just love learning about like the geography of places so i know american falls lies um between uh rigby and uh boise so you guys are kind of far out in between in the mountains the rocky mountains but um, i want to know a little bit about american falls yeah so we 
actually reside on the reservoir that was made from the dam. And what's interesting enough, too, is when the reservoir gets low enough, the city of American Falls used to sit where the reservoir is currently. So when it gets low, um, you can go down and see where the old foundations were and the sidewalks are. Um, I mean, we're, we're between, you know, Rigby and Boise, but to get a little bit more specific between like Pocatello and Twin Falls, those are a couple more bigger, I guess, landmark cities that people tend to know. Um, pretty flat out there. Um, you know, it's not much big farming community. Um, I mean, not much to it. I mean, we're not, we're not huge, but we're not, we're not tiny. We're probably about 4,000 people big, um, graduated with about a hundred. So our school's fairly small. Um, we're in power County, I guess, power County consists of us in Rockland and a little bit out in Arbon Valley and the Fort Hall. Um, what is it? Fort Hall reservation. Um, but yeah, we're, we're small. You blink, you'll miss us on the interstate. So that doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> um, Dewey is 3,500 strong, but we have Bartlesville. If you know anything about Bartlesville, you probably know about the major oil tycoon, Frank Phillips. You know, um, my county alone used to be one of the most oil rich. And then, of course, we have Osage County. Um, if you know anything about Osage County, uh, recently, I th- yeah, back in October, a movie called The Killers of the Flower Moon came out, and that is about the Osage murders behind, uh, you know, all the oil money that the Osage used to receive from the uh, government and all this and that. Of course, we got Tulsa, um, the oil capital of the world. Um, almost everything has to do with oil around me. I mean, I'm not, like, complaining because, you know, oil helps run the world, literally. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a shadow. Uh, my town, uh, you know, 3,500 strong, not that big, but not that small either in Oklahoma terms. Uh, we are a 3A football school, so we're, like, mid. Um, my class alone has 73. I think the freshman class has about 108. Um, so my class has the smallest, uh, numbers. Um, but yeah, Bartlesville has about 28,000 people in population. Um, so a lot of, uh, the jobs there contribute to Dewey. Um, and of course we're 45 minutes away from Tulsa, second largest city in Oklahoma. Um, we got Ponca city to the West. Um, Joplin's not too much of a drive either. Kansas City is only about four hours. You know, we got everything we need and more around me. Um, but, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, let's see. If you could choose one song that represents you, what is that song? Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I love music and Oh, this is a hard one because I've got a lot of, I'm looking at the sticky notes on my wall of like some of my favorite songs and the quotes that I feel like represent me. Um, I would have to say, okay, either Boys of Faith by Zach Bryan, Wild Is You by Cody Johnson, or Till You Can't by Cody Johnson, probably leaning the most towards Till You Can't 
just because yes. <laughs> leaning, leaning, or like not leaning, but like looking back in the past year, year and a half, two years of my life, a lot has changed. And I look back and I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that I'm glad I took. And, um, you know, it's, you know, you do them till you can't. And, um, you know, just talk to friends, hang out with them because I mean, one day you're not going to, or one day your mom's not going to be there to answer the phone or your grandma. And so, um, that song really hits hard, especially like the last year or so. So just definitely taking advantage of every little thing in my life. I could, I could not have said that better. And now that I'm thinking of it till you can't is probably, um, the one song all of us can really relate to. Um, you know, when you said, you know, your mama, you might not hear the phone ring from her again. Um, I haven't seen my mom since I was six years old and I will never see her again because she said, uh, she sadly passed away in 2022, um, a drug overdose in California. Um, you know, my dad, he, he lives somewhere in Tulsa. I know where he is. I know what he's doing. Um, haven't seen him since I was six years old either. Um, but he is making decisions that I will never put my children through, um, unlike he did. Um, last couple years, I've made decisions I wish I never made, and I've made decisions that I will never regret. Um, you know, life has been very eye-opening to me. Um, simply because of the influence that adults have made on my life. Um, and as I get older, I realize this is not what I want for my kids. I want my kids to have somebody they can look up to. I want my kids to have two loving parents in the household who will love each other. Um, you know, I want my kids to be successful as their parents and their grandparents. I want my kids to, to know that no matter what, they will have somebody there for them. Unlike I did. Um, I was in foster care for the longest time. Um, so I used to bounce around house to house. Um, it wasn't until 2020, I got to move back into my biological family. Um, after seven years, which was pretty, uh, hard on me because I didn't know exactly who these people were, but I guess they knew me, um, which is kind of scary. But the fact is that, you know, they love me, um, even though I was absent for so long. Um, last month, my brother was telling me, um, you know, if my mom never lied to the rest of the family saying, hey, he's getting adopted to a loving family, uh, he's doing well in school with this and that. He's playing football. Um, my uncle and aunt said that, hey, if she would have just told the, us the truth, we would have taken him in. Um, but that wasn't the case. Instead, I went through several years of abuse and neglect, and um, I was put back into foster care at 12 years old. Um, and I'm just like, Wow. <laughs> I am a true success story because you you would never have thought that somebody um, would ever go through that and still put a smile on their face. You know, um, yeah. if you've seen my my Snapchat stories as of recently, I've got a box um, called Better Than Yesterday. I post uh, 
a picture a day of what the card says. Today was 30-minute walk with no phone, no distractions, no music, just yourself. Um, you know, I'm trying to do something better for myself while also spreading that positivity to somebody else because I know for a fact somebody's going to need a pick-me-up. Um, you know, people have been for me the last couple months because I have fell into a rough place uh, mentally. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of feels weird having people care about your feelings because um, I used to be the one guy like, don't mind mine, let's take care of yours. Um, but, you know, I, I feel grateful for the people who have stuck by me um, every step of the way, especially my ag teacher and my brother um, who have done everything they can to, to help me out and help me be successful for not just um, my future, but for my future kids. I want my kids to uh, see what their father has done, what he's what he could have done and what he wants his kids to do. Yeah, a great story. Definitely one that needs shared. And, you know, I listening to that, like, made me think, like, I look back at my senior year and, you know, it was hard, hard on me mentally. I guess November 22, lost one of my best friends in a car wreck. And, you know, it shook me and I felt like, you know, I wasn't, wasn't in the spot that I needed to be to do the things and be successful. I mean, it was a week after nationals that had happened. So being on that high from, you know, winning to being brought down to re back down to reality and then even lower, it just, it shook me. And, you know, then it just makes me think back to the Cody Johnson song and you never know when, when it could be your last time talking to somebody or be, be, the last time you do something. So, I mean, again, it's really put a lot of things into perspective for me and to just take advantage and not take things for granted. If only God would provide five more minutes. Yes. Five more minutes. Do you have any advice for me and those who are listening? Oh, I, I have a lot of advice, but I'll just try to keep it short and simple. Um <laughs> Take advantage of every opportunity that you can. Don't be scared to step outside of your comfort zone. And just know <clears throat> that if you put in the work and put in the effort, the reward, the reward will come to you. If, you know, you're uncertain about a CDE or an LDE or anything, really, try it put in the work you need to be successful and you may surprise yourself and you know it may be something you end up loving it may be something you become super successful in or you know i mean but it doesn't hurt to try and hard work is always always rewarded hard work will always be rewarded even if it's not noticed at first yes do you have any questions for me i don't think so all I right. guess I'll I'll end it with what's you know if what advice do you have for for future FFA members for future FFA members well yeah. my advice to you who are going to pursue agriculture wearing the blue jacket which I am proud to wear as often as I can I will say this say yes to your ag teacher 
never say no because you never know what lies ahead. Um, and quite frankly, I'm scared to say no to my ag teacher unless he's asking me a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> the opportunities he has given me simply because he told me to never say no to him and always say yes, I could not fathom the amount of leadership I have gained, the experiences that I've made, the friendships I've cultivated. I could not be any more grateful than to say yes to everything. Um, I I was shocked to even start this podcast before, um, but he encouraged me to, to tackle it. He never had anybody do this. And he's like, this would be a cool learning experience for not only me, but for you, Jacob. And, um, you know, I, I, I should give him more credit to that. Um, I've had him on the show once. I was talking to Gracie Murphy with him uh, back in September, and I could just see the smile on his face because he's like, I have made a, a success story out of you, son. I, I am proud to say I'm his student, and I'm proud to say that each of you guys uh, motivate me every day to keep going. Yeah, um, you're definitely better than me because I've told my ag teacher no countless times to which they respond, too bad you're doing it anyways. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he's go- yeah, my ag teacher's going to say, yeah, you got to do it anyways. So that's yeah. why I, that's why I say yes. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I like to push buttons. So it's, you know, I'll say no, even though I know I'm going to do it in the end. So I'll only do that to my friends. I, I feel uh, I feel bad doing that to adults, but I like pushing <laughs> my, my friends' buttons. And they know I'm joking. But <laughs> Well, I guess that's the end of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. Uh, guys, I, I am super sorry for the one-month hike. Again, I don't know what exactly happened besides I just got busy working and working on uh, school and all this and that, you know, I've been trying to get people on. Cody uh, was able to get on finally after some family emergencies on my end. Um, and I've had some other people uh, finally apply for um, my podcast, which will be coming on sometime in March. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again, Cody. I loved it. Uh, would you like to uh, end it on another note? Uh, no, just thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed watch watching your podcast grow from Idaho and was really excited when Morgan reached out and said, Hey, I, you know, gave you or gave Jake your information and would love to love to see you do this. And so, I mean, I was really grateful for the opportunity to get to share a little bit of my story in FFA and how it shaped me into the person that I am. So thank you so much for this opportunity. You're so welcome. And I couldn't be any more grateful to have you on the show. As always, why are we here? Because we believe. Because we believe. Everybody, this is Cody Carlon from Idaho. And everybody, make it a great day and be kind to somebody.